Hello there, and welcome to today's episode of Grilling and Chilling. It's been a little while since the last episode was released, but I promise I have another very special guest for you today. Joining me on the mic was my friend Xavier Salazar, whom I have known since all the way back in elementary school. During our conversation, we'll be talking about overcoming obstacles, important character traits, and much, much more. At some point in the episode, we'll also mention the possibility of intro music recorded by Xavier himself, but seeing as we were not able to pull something together in time, please enjoy the sound of my hands rubbing together as a transition instead. Without further ado, I hope you will appreciate and respect today's episode with Xavier Salazar. Welcome to the show, Xavier Salazar. Thank you. Thank you, John, for having me. I really appreciate you, you know, having me out here tonight. Of course. I've been uh, looking forward to recording this episode for quite a while. I know you've listened to a couple episodes of Grilling and Chilling so far that I've already released. I have. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I love what you're doing with the show. <laughs> love the guests that you have on. Great people. I appreciate that. And uh, I figured uh, someone like yourself could bring a fresh, new perspective to the show and Maybe teach me a few new things that uh, I didn't know before. I can only hope to. So uh, let's let's start off, I guess, with where it all began for us, which first grade, hmm. uh, Frost Elementary School. Yeah. You moved into town, and uh, I, I know we were talking about this just a couple of seconds ago a little bit, but uh, my first experience and first memory of being with you was... Uh, the teacher had me show you around the playground because you mm. were new and it was you know recess time no one wants to get left alone much appreciated um, so I was tasked with showing you around and you ended up just flying out there <laughs> Man, I, somebody like you I guess just is able to gel with just about anybody wouldn't you say uh, it's funny because I don't think that's just not how I remember my childhood <laughs> to be like when you say fly out there I don't think i would have thought of myself to be flying out there being active and stuff unless it was on a nice soccer pitch i i mean we did have we did have one of those so it's plausible mm -hmm. i guess you're out there um burning some turf yeah we try <laughs> <laughs> but appreciate you showing me around for sure i'm sorry um, i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> it happens it happens mm. um but i guess reminiscing a little bit about that it's kind of indicative of the kind of person that I see you as, even to this day, as somebody who can get along with just about anybody. Like, when, I th when I think of Xavier Salazar, I mm -hmm. think of somebody who can get along with just about anybody, somebody with that level of respect for others and that is respected by others in the way that you carry yourself john you flatter me <laughs> you flatter me these are these are some some kind words that are coming out of your mouth well so i know that like when all of us are hanging together and by that i mean like our sort of friend group mm. um we mess around and we, we like to have fun we like to have fun like and have uh fun poke jabs at each other mm -hmm. stuff like that um but at the core of who you are like who i've always known you as is somebody who you know will walk up to you shake your hand and uh treat you with that that level of respect even if you don't 
know the person like that. And uh, that's what I've always appreciated about you. You know, John, I appreciate that. <laughs> I really do, man. Because I, I feel like a nice good handshake is just... It's a good way to start. Any... It's a good way to start, like, most things. Yeah. You know? I think just respect at the base of things sure. should always be there. And I think you've always been that kind of person. Well, like, you're very respectful. I appreciate that. I, I think you might be one of the more respectful people that I know. Wow. Well, we're starting this off super <laughs> respectful. <laughs> we're just too clean. Yeah, yeah. We're too clean. But, I, you know, I've always kind of thought that we do have very similar sorts of personalities and interactions with other people. Mm. Um, and I was wondering if you might have a reason for that sort of temperament that you have. Do you, Can you recall um, growing up? Any sort of influences that brought you to, you know, just want to be that person who helps out others and treats others that way? Definitely my mother. Yeah? Yeah, it's just straight my mother. My mom has grinded that into all of our brains growing up. Right. Just repeatedly. Yeah. I think, I think that she had a kind of, like, set of morals that she instilled inside me and my siblings. Right. That just stuck. And that's important, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I think my mom was, in a lot of ways, the same way. Um, and my dad, too, is like a very patient mm. person and very respectful and mild-mannered, I guess, might oh. be the word. Okay. Um, and I definitely see that with your sisters, too. Um, yeah? You see that with my brother? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my brother is also respectful when yeah when no, times call definitely he can be he can be the person that yeah you bailed me out right there though because that hesitation i sure he's gonna fly down from wherever he's at right now smack me upside the head for he <laughs> could try he could try i'm sorry i set you up no. <laughs> that's pretty funny though but yeah so you're you would say that your mother instilled those kind of values into you can you think of I'm trying to think of like how this might apply to into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, is that one of the the values that you think is most important in a person's life is respect? Respect. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Go ahead. I would say that respect is one of those you know top top five top, top five, five values. Values, <laughs> right? Like, I think when you're a respectful person, just in all parts of life yeah you can hold yourself to a higher standard right you know and just be there for everything i think right it all starts with how you carry yourself yeah and i think it's very important like i know like people say oh you don't really you shouldn't worry too much about what others think of you but it's a different kind of thing from that where it's you have to hold yourself to the kind of standard. Right. It's not so much like a braggadocious kind mm. of, you know, look at me, respect me. If you just are viewed as a respectful person, mm-hmm. that'll get you pretty far in life. I think so. I do. Mm. And so I'm thinking back to your sort of background as a soccer player, footballer so to speak one might say um, and uh orchestra you you 
have done orchestra your entire life. Since the fourth grade. Since fourth grade. The fourth grade I've played. Um, now, do you view those disciplines as something that also... Did, did they appeal to you because of the kind of person that you are? Or did they shape the person who you are? Hmm. I can't say that at fourth grade <laughs> the, the viola appealed to me as some astute, you know, like some kind of respectful person that someone would be. I can't say that I saw the viola like that. Yeah. I think I thought it sounded nice. That's valid. And I'm like, That's I would valid. like to play that. I'm just thinking of like in modern society in particular, people view people who play instruments as very disciplined and um, respectable mm -hmm. people. Um, and I think that shows that the caliber that it takes. Like, I, I did band most of my life from yeah. fifth grade up, mm -hmm. um, but I never took it so seriously that, like, now that I'm out of high school and graduate, I almost never touch my drum kit anymore. Would you, would you like to? Are there times where you like? Sometimes hmm. I get that itch. I would like pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that that discipline and I don't know. It it, it was never a, a huge part of my life to want to play an instrument. So then, what made you pick it up? What's what spoke to you about percussion? So I'm gonna throw myself under the bus right here and uh, completely swing this conversation in the opposite direction of flattering <laughs> one another. That. I thought playing the drums would make me look pretty cool. There we go. Um, <laughs> it had nothing to do with any valuable life skills or anything. I literally just thought that people would think people who play drums cool. are cool. Yeah. Let me be that person. Yeah. Um, as I grew up, I think I realized whether I wanted to or not, playing the drums taught me a lot of discipline mm -hmm. and work ethic. Of wanting to get better and keep up with the people who were around you around it's me. very competitive yeah it's a competitive sort very of field competitive. um can, do you think you could share that same sentiment um because i know in orchestra you have to like compete for chairs and everything as well well in uh in high school there was um the competition for chairs was never like really there okay we were just seated dr gopal yeah was like dr gopal you guys are here yeah and that was it the uh, the competition came for a uh, chamber orchestra, which right, was right. audition only. Okay. Um, and there were times where I would find myself, you know, striving towards making that jump. Yeah. But uh, it just seemed too far out of reach for me at the time. Interesting. So, I did definitely like learn a good amount of work ethic and just like self awareness that I wanted this thing, so let me work towards it. Yeah. Um, even if it doesn't work out maybe the first time, go get up, try again. Right. It brings a certain something out of you that maybe you didn't realize was there before. Mm -hmm. uh, a competitive sure. edge. Um, and so now carrying over into the present day, uh, where we were recently talking about with your soccer ambitions that someday you would like to play uh, something a little bit more competitive. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to if... If possible. And so that that level of dedication that you have to have to get there, um, that, that comes with a lot of discipline, for sure. And I know to some degree it might come easy 
to you. Although that that's disingenuous to say that like you want to go out there and work on your game mm-hmm. at soccer. You want to be out there shooting and practicing. Um, but can you talk a little bit about maybe those times where it's not so easy to go out there and work or times throughout your life where you've been like, I don't really want to do this anymore. There's there a been, lot of times. There's been man, a lot of times. It is not easy. Like, I think throughout high school, at least in, in particular, because I was, I was in love with the game Yeah. for the longest time. Yeah. Always loved soccer. I always found myself playing soccer. I would go anywhere like with my family, always have my soccer ball. Right. You know, we're going on a walk. <laughs> was there with me I was always with it yeah and, I get that um, it got to the point where like alright I want to just play soccer in high school I want to make the team I want to play there right um, freshman year I make the team I make freshman year freshman yeah. soccer um, we play you know it's just it's just soccer we're playing yeah and at this point I'm, I'm not playing like club or anything that other kids are doing the next year comes around and I'm cut yeah and it hurts. Jeez. It's not easy being cut. Yeah. And then I remember sophomore year being cut and it was like just a shock. Right. Because I wanted it. At least I felt like I wanted it more than anyone. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't the case. I know there's kids that want it just as bad. But in my mind, it was, I want this. Yeah. I love this. This is what I want. And then having that step back mean like you're not there where these other kids are yeah hits and it's like at that point where you get cut i guess it's the sort of feeling of like what else could i have done right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i mean this is a fresh sort of perspective for me in that my high school sport was golf and golf wasn't terribly competitive okay. at the high school. Um, so when I had gotten in, I didn't particularly deserve it, I don't think, because I wasn't a, a solid player. Um, but I was able to hold my spot just because there was no competition mm-hmm. behind me. Um, so I appreciate you like talking about um, what it takes to overcome that feeling and still want to continue to keep playing. Yeah, I mean, overcoming that, right, it took a little bit. Yeah. Because you're there, you're in it, and it hurts, it hurts. But to me, soccer was always, it was always just going to be back. Right. So, like, I found myself playing again, always. It was never not going to stop. Yeah. And that's the thing soccer is with me. So did it take a little bit of reframing it in your head, I guess, of what your goals were? Or did that goal of wanting to be on the team continue to push you i think well sophomore year right kids start looking towards college like oh do you want to play in college and oh you want to do this you want to go there yeah and play and like now you have all these kinds of mindsets coming in yeah where i'm thinking yeah i want to play in college like that'd be sick i would love to keep playing soccer in college yeah and so i'm like all right junior year just got to make the team again Right, so I found myself getting into another routine, right. practicing, going back to work. Right. It doesn't happen junior year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's tough. 
to, especially like what we were talking about earlier with the NBA, we were just watching the NBA draft, mm-hmm. and some of those non-freshman players don't always get just don't that get chance. There. And it's unlucky, um, but for somebody in the position that you're in right now where there is another level for you to reach uh, feasibly, it still does keep driving you, even though um, maybe you didn't reach the opportunity that you wanted to at the time. Now there's something else for you to pursue. Mm-hmm. And does that like keep you going and wanting to, or would you even still continue to play soccer even if you didn't have that goal anymore? See, at the time, right, like right now, where I am in life, yeah, I play soccer wherever. Yeah. And when I'm playing soccer, when I'm on the pitch, I want to be one of the better players on the pitch. I want to be there. Nice. And I yeah. want to be dominating the pitch. I want to be the person people look to be like, he's playing good. He's playing nice. Let me give him the ball yeah. so that I could guide other people. I want to be that person. Right. And in our age, we're what, 21, right? Yeah. Young kids. But the the levels of soccer that there are at our age is so vast where you have D1 athletes at our age going crazy. Yeah. Insane physicality, insane stamina, all of that stuff. Yeah. But then you have the regular guys playing pickup at the court at the at the park. And like there's pitches that I'll step on and I will play, you know, to a better level. And there's other pitches where I see them kind of running me over and I just I see that and I, I, I want to get to the point where I can hold my own. Okay. Um, I say stuff like, oh, I, I would love to play semi-pro soccer. I have friends uh, <laughs> up at school, right, who uh, take some time off from school, which is, like, part of our program. Yeah. And they're in, they're in some town. I have a friend, Andy Perez, great guy. I, uh, I recruited him for our intramural team as a, as a goalie. Yeah, yeah. Because we both got cut from the club soccer team the same right, night. Right. I'm like, yo, Andy. <laughs> I know you're trying to play soccer with come us. Come through, come through. And so he's like, yeah, where, bro? Where can we play? But he's a great guy. Love yeah. the kid. He got a job out in North Carolina last year. Yeah. A nice uh, a nice co-op. Right. Working eight months in North Carolina in person. This was before the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, So maybe two years ago. Yeah. Eight months straight in this town. He picks up a gig playing semi-pro for a nice local team. Sheesh. I'm like, yo. That's sick, man. Good for you. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that he's finding soccer in his life after college, right. after work, you know? Because that never leaves you. It that, doesn't leave that you. That love for the game. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, will I get to that level where I make a semi-pro team? I don't know. Maybe I won't. But I would love to get to the level where I can just keep playing. Yeah. You know, wherever I am. Right. And... Uh love for a game like soccer will always be healthy one way or another um that even if like you said maybe you don't reach semi-pro at some point for whatever reason um just having that healthy lifestyle that it pushes you towards Mm -hmm. will benefit you in some way i Um, think that kind of passion is healthy for anyone yeah you know there's no harm to pursuing that either um so I, I respect that drive to continue and work on your game. Um, I respect you respecting me. <laughs> and uh, I guess while we're on the topic, just briefly, did you ever consider a career in soccer? Whether if it wasn't playing it, did you want to be around the game? 
I dreamed yeah. <laughs> of, of being big man, big game player, Xavier Salazar stepping onto the pitch at the Santiago Bernabeu, the Real Madrid Stadium. Yeah. I had dreams as a kid, yeah. and I had... That was me, too, with, like, baseball when I was just yeah. a kid. I wanted to play big, big, big But I feel like that's a big, big dream for young kids. Yeah, You know, yeah. you see the stars playing at the highest level you're like yo that's sick yeah everybody's got those high profile dreams mm-hmm. at some point yeah it was baseball it was baseball for me because i grew up loving baseball because okay. of my dad all right um obviously now my number one passion is basketball mm-hmm. um and as somebody who loves basketball but is quite frankly pretty bad at it um, you say that after you saw some <laughs> every day on the course, but it's fine. It's all good. I had to do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, as somebody who loves basketball and would never want to be away from the sport in, I guess, any capacity, I can't imagine a future where I'm not around the game. Mm-hmm. I started to look for other avenues where I could work in sports, in sports management, you know, becoming a sports agent someday. Yeah. Um, that's where my goals kind of shifted is how can I be around the game in some other way and so did you ever have that kind of um, dream I don't think my goals ever shifted like that I think it's it was always added play or or don't play it was just play okay it was never don't play right right okay like I feel like even even with basketball, you could always still play, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you wouldn't ever stop playing. But in terms of, like, a career kind of thing, where, like, if you're not going to play pro, then you don't want to be around soccer and, like, the front office kind of I didn't I didn't realize that that was, like... An option? An option <laughs> growing up. I feel like you trying to up. mess around and change majors real quick. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> like... Growing up, they don't tell us these options. Yeah. Like, you know, it, I feel like they're doing much better with it now. Yeah, that's true. Than they used to. I mean, you could look down at my refrigerator downstairs. I got my fourth grade, I want to be a video game designer okay. magnet. All right. Um, Just because, like, back then, all you ever think of is, like, those high-profile jobs, like a professional athlete. Mm. Um, A lot of people say, like, firefighter policeman or something that like kind that, of thing people that are things that people see on a day-to-day basis or kids see on a day-to-day the basis. teachers they want to please them yeah i want to be just like you right um you don't get a whole lot of kids saying i want to be an engine like a, a plumber or like an engineer kind of thing i feel like stem was kind of pushed a little bit though mechanical engineering maybe something a little bit out there but yeah mm. stem these days is definitely getting pushed pushed way more yeah um giving kids more of a chance to see what's out there in that romanticized light that you know professional athletes are put into mm-hmm. um showing that you can have fun doing you know things that you learn in school yeah um because that's something that people don't realize like when i was a fourth grader i thought the job title was scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all thought that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody did not think that there was not a job titled scientist out there. Because yeah. <laughs> that is what 
some people wanted to be. You, you would have blown my mind that's hearing that there's something called like an engineer, even just the term engineer, which is broad in and of itself. Mm. Um, that was completely foreign to me. Um, so I can appreciate kids now growing up who might say, I want to go to school to be a chemical engineer. Kids now growing up saying they want to be a chemical engineer are something else. <laughs> they are something else entirely. I respect them. Yeah. Because they're doing all the research prior to... And you have a to lot know. of pressure. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of pressure. That too. On these kids to choose something. Like, my sister's going through it right now. Right. She's coming up. She's going to be a junior in the fall, which so is a big year in high school. That's another kind of interesting perspective that you're going to have that I couldn't possibly know. I don't have any younger siblings. Mm-hmm. I can't see it happening from an older perspective. Yeah. So... As you're watching your sisters grow up, go through these decisions, how how is what is that like for I, you? And I try helping them. I try like, not like pushing these ideas towards them. Like, oh, you should. I do push them. I like <laughs> go to RPI. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be an engineer like me. But nah, they don't. Like, if it's not for them, it's not for them. And I get that. Yeah. Um. You can only show them what's out there. Chemical engineering is out there. It's one of many things. Yeah, but Quinn's quickly finding her passion. She loves movies. Nice. She loves it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, maybe I could go into the movie scenes, get you know that kind of thing." I'm like, "Oh, you'll have your name on the end of the credits." Nice. Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, maybe." So she's she's finding her way, and she started looking, maybe three or four years before I even knew it existed. Right. So, that's what I mean. Like I think starting to push those kids that much earlier yeah. gives them time to prepare. Like, for sure. I don't know for you, like, do you remember when you first started looking at colleges and majors and decisions? So when I was a kid, um, from first grade all the way up to sophomore year in high school, that magnet on my wall was who I was. <laughs> I wanted to be a video game designer, oh, right. whatever that meant. <laughs> I wanted to work in video games one way or another. I wanted to write the stories because um, growing up, I, I kind of also wanted to be an author. Mm. But, like I really like writing stories and coming up with these creative writing ideas. Okay. And I figured if I could mix that with video games, video which games. I always loved. Get a killer game. Yeah, I could create Get something pretty magical game. there. Yeah. Um, but then when I discovered basketball in sophomore year of high school, everything changed for me. Really? And completely shattered my worldview. Wow. And, like, changed the person who I am almost on a fundamental level. Um, and that was the moment where I figured I want to make a job out of this, even though I understand that I can't play the game, mm-hmm. I'll be around it somehow. Okay. Um, and that's when I started looking at where can I go to college to achieve this goal? What do I have to study to get there? And that's when I started focusing on, you know, the building blocks Those decisions of, of and a making career. things happen. Yeah. Um, so you had me beat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you got me beat by a good year, year and a half. You were in junior year, right? When we had chemistry together, chem honors. Yeah. Miss Kretzinger. Miss Kretzinger. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't really think I loved chemistry like that. Yeah. I just know. I don't know. I People struggle with chemistry, and it's not easy by any means. No way. Yeah. But I think some of it just made sense to me. Okay. I mean, 
Yeah, sometimes it just clicks like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, chemistry was hands down one of the most difficult difficult classes that I took in <laughs> high school. Um, I hopped up to chem, honor, chem honors when maybe I shouldn't have, <laughs> and uh, I got by, uh, probably with it's a little a, bit a, of your help. Oh, we can ask. <laughs> yeah. We can only ask to get by. Um, so yeah, chemistry wasn't necessarily for me, um, but for someone like your sister Quinn, where she wants to get into movies, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that schools don't explicitly teach you. No. There's no film class. No, per not se. at all. Especially not, at least maybe in senior year you'll get an elective or something, um, but there's no dedicated class for that anywhere. Um, so you think she just grew up in an environment where kids are kind of encouraged to see where there are careers where you might not have looked in school um perhaps maybe i don't think that's like far-fetched yeah i think i don't really know i i know i noticed she's been getting a lot into movies and yeah she's had a lot of downtime this year <laughs> as we all have as we all have as we all have and um I'm not really sure. I don't know if, if they're pushing it like that. They could be. I yeah. hope they are. Yeah, I mean, that, be that nice. would be good. It would be, be nice. nice if the school system, you know, did some things. Yeah. So when you're helping her out in her college search, however you might do that, um, as as an older brother, how do you navigate a situation where you don't necessarily have experience in? going to school for film honestly um, it's pretty loose right it's it's real loose i don't know anything about film schools i don't know anything about any of the schools yeah all i can do for her is kind of prep her mindset okay in getting to applications and you know nudging her to do that research yeah because doing the research beforehand and knowing where and when and what right. is so important because at least you've been there before in that aspect mm-hmm. like searching for film school have not done yeah but searching for college is you've been there something right um so is quinn gonna be listening to this later and calling you out as like you didn't do anything <laughs> i've definitely done yeah. more than she thinks okay I think. <laughs> She might. She'd been listening to your podcast. Yeah. She was upset that Ben only mentioned Letterbox for like right. three seconds. Yeah. And I told her that they talked about it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna send Ben this link as well to get him his, his shout out back drop in this some, episode. Yeah. Drop some names. Yeah. Drop names here. We might have him back on to have a, a letterbox special or something. There we go. <laughs> she would love that. Yeah. She would go crazy. <laughs> She's been yelling at me because I think there's like 10 movies now that I haven't logged yeah. <laughs> on my letterbox that I just have to log. And she's right. like, why haven't you, you logged them Just log the movies. You don't, 10 movies you haven't logged? Yeah. She thinks it's insane. <laughs> so I, maybe I'll log those later. Okay. Or maybe I won't. And I'll but forget. That, that's kind of how you know that somebody has a passion for that kind of thing when it leaks out of not just within yourself but like it spreads out to wanting to share it with others share it with others um and that's the thing with passions you love seeing the people around you also enjoy 
It, yeah. Like you want to share your excitement with these things right. with the people that you love and care for. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. That's something I hadn't really thought of before. Like, I, I think you know. it's really important that you know the loved ones share your passions, not yeah. share like share the same excitement and passion, but share those moments with you. Right. Because those moments are happy moments for you. Yeah. You know. All right. So while we're on the topic of searching for colleges. Do you think you could get a little bit into how you chose to go to your current school, RPI? Rensselaer. Rensselaer. Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute is, a, is a mouthful. Yeah, it is. It is a whole mouthful. I, I didn't even bother trying to say it until you said it first. <laughs> it's all good. I couldn't pronounce it until I got there myself. Yeah. And there's people who still can't. Right, I imagine. It's tough. But um, I didn't find RPI until, you know, like, high school they have those meeting sessions where like colleges send a recruiter to the school they'll be like oh this is our school yeah check it out yeah i don't think i took advantage of very many of those but uh take advantage of those sessions whenever you can because <laughs> you get out of class for free <laughs> and, and that is how i found rpi there was a meeting session 12th period during my astronomy test you remembered it exactly and i was like no way i'm taking this test right now does. let me go to this Rensselaer meat sesh because I really want to go to that school. Yeah. Yeah, I had to fudge it up a little, little bit. Then, yeah. Had not heard of the school before then. Nice. But um, I got there. I remember Owen Sheard was at right. the same meeting session. Okay. I was like, huh. He's I haven't heard smart. that name in, in years. <laughs> this must be an okay school. Yeah. Um. And they were just talking like, oh, yeah, we're a polytechnic school. We do engineering. We do science. We do that thing. STEM. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I want to do STEM. Yeah. I could try that. And, and try it, you did. Yeah. Um. So I sent out my applications. I sent yeah. out... How many schools did you apply for, if you don't mind? I think saying? maybe seven. Okay. I think I was right around like four or five. Yeah. Myself, so not I too think far off. I missed the deadline for Rutgers. Sick. <laughs> missed the deadline. What not, could have been? <laughs> not entirely like... In purpose, in uh, what? Intentionally. Mistake, intentionally. Yeah. Not entirely intentionally, but not not intentionally. But you weren't really planning on. I going. was not trying to go to Rutgers. Yeah. I didn't want to stay home. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I had Rowan and JIT. Okay. Stevens. Yeah. Um, a couple of my friends are out there at Stevens right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful school. school. Yeah. Hoboken's great town. Not for us. No. Not for us. No, no. <laughs> get Hoboken. <laughs> And then a couple more in Boston area. Okay. I think. But um, when we were doing the visiting each schools after being accepted, that's when I really was like, yo, RPI is for me. Yeah, wow. And it, it fell back into um, my musical career where I was deciding between NGIT, Stevens, and RPI. Yeah. Where Stevens and NGIT, both great schools. Yeah. Their music department is not where I would have liked it to be. Not that RPI's is great or anything. Okay. But RPI has this one building. Um, it is the Experimental Media and Performing Arts Center. Yeah. MPAC. It is the most beautiful building I have ever seen. Maybe not ever, but it is the most <laughs> beautiful performing arts center. It has everything you could possibly want. 
I took one step inside of Impact, and I was just amazed. Wow. And that's the concert hall I get to play in every semester of my college career. That's awesome. And stepping into that concert hall was just yeah it for me where i was like this is what i want to do i want to be here yeah and since then impact concert hall has been beautiful i love playing there i play in the in the rensselaer orchestra yeah i was principal violist for a good year nice nice i'm trying to get that position back i just started (laughs) up my um my audition piece this morning yeah um getting back into it getting the rust off i'm gonna have to have you send over a little clip or something for the intro of this podcast and, clip. and do do the intro music for this episode the intro music for this episode <laughs> on my viola yeah <laughs> you know maybe we could whip something up <laughs> we'll see when, when you send me your your mics and stuff oh uh, we'll uh, do oh uh, well, yeah okay uh, we'll, we'll keep going keep going spoilers um, alert spoiler alert but um, impact was just beautiful for me yeah See, that's why I like asking that question when I'm, you know, talking to people about why they're going to their school. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times the answer to that question isn't so cut and dry as, like, they were the number one school in what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times if you ask somebody that question, it's something a little bit more extracurricular. Like, the, the school's reputation might be what got them interested in the school but ultimately it's the things like the impact for you where the facilities or the auxiliary things are what really drive you to make that final decision and yeah. break that tie because i remember when i was doing my school visits mm-hmm. um i visited every school i applied to um i had applied to syracuse fordham okay. rutgers Seton Hall, and I think, oh, NYU, and St. John's. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I didn't get into NYU. <laughs> Shucks. Um, which was the one that I probably would have ultimately gone to if I had gotten If you it. got in. Um, but for the rest of them, it sort of came down to auxiliary things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the one that stands out to me the most was at Fordham, they have a fantastic business school, really good academically, holds their own with, you know, the schools that I applied to. Mm-hmm. But I asked the campus tour lady, where are the basketball courts? And she said, basketball courts? Oh, no. And I was like, yeah, like, do you have a gym with basketball courts? She's like, a gym? And I said... What? <laughs> she said, I think there's a gym down across the street that the students go to uh, sometimes. She sold. She sold. She sold, bro. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is not where I can spend my whole college career if I can't play basketball regularly. Oh, my God. Like, it's in New York, so maybe I could have found some local courts to play oh, at. yeah. But it's got to be ingrained sort of in the the culture of the school. Of cool. And if well, you're you have tour the kids guide, there doesn't even know where the courts are at not a good look that is not a good look at all so that was ultimate like the rest of the the factors for the school were pretty identical to Mm. Rutgers for me with you know in terms of financing and everything I it it was identical yeah yeah. um but yeah the the tour guide lady really sold so if you had like a different tour guide (laughs) 
We knew. Well, no, the thing was, the school didn't even have basketball courts. They, they didn't have them anywhere. What if you had, like, a tour guide who was balling every day at the park? At the local courts. And he was like, you asked that question, like, okay, so the school doesn't have these courts, but me, I'm always here, wow. and we got hella guys over there. That's something to think about. Like, you know, that, that like, because you know there's kids that ball there. Yeah. Kids ball everywhere. That's true. You know? Like, and it's New York, so It's New courts. York. You will play. Yeah. Would that have changed things if it wasn't that tour guide lady? That's kind of blowing my mind right now how different (laughs) my life could have been if that lady just... Because then you're you're not here in East Brunswick. You're not here New Brunswick, you know? Yeah. Wow. I have to go sit down and think about that for a little bit. Because I'm trying to think of like, you know, you go to school in RPI, which is how far away? How many hours? About three hours. Three hours Three hours driving. Like, I don't even think Fordham, for me, would have been as far as three hours. Um, It might have been maybe two hours. Okay. So, like, I I would be dorming out there. I'd spend most of my time Time out there. Two hours is still, like, I feel like when you're going into college, there's, like, that little radius from your hometown where it's, like, you can frequently come home and it's not a bother. Two hours is breaking that threshold where it's you're like right there yeah you know like yeah you can go home but it's also a hassle getting there yeah like i'll get the holidays out. and stuff of but course of course maybe not every weekend kind of thing that kind of thing whereas you're like you're an hour away from school you can come home every weekend get a nice home-cooked meal from yeah. mama you know and so like yeah it's the, the radius three hours like is further yeah but I don't think it's any different or much different from two, two hours. Yeah, if you're going to make that trip, you're going to make that trip. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of, like, how different each of our personal lives have been because of where we chose to go to school. Mm-hmm. And that you go to school three hours away. Yeah. But you're still tight with everybody from... East Brunswick, who's still like, you know, Rutgers kids or MCC, mm-hmm. Ryan, yeah. uh, who lives right right close by. Um, and so I guess with today's social media age and like with all the technology that we have, we can still stay connected when we're far apart, but it's, mm-hmm. it's different. It is different. I think, I know a lot of kids that don't reconnect high school friends Yeah. from, uh, after college and a lot of it i get yeah like you know high school friends are high school friends yeah and i don't know if everyone has the best group of people in high school because high school high school is a very trying time for a lot of people yeah i can't remember if ben had brought this up in the previous episode or if it was after but he had mentioned something like uh in high school you don't really get to choose who you're around because you're literally just around the people who grew up in the same neighborhood as opposed to college you're choosing the kind of culture that you're going to and it's a mm-hmm. little bit more selective who you have you have clubs with. you have things where you will find people that resonate with you yeah right. whereas high school it's like you said it's based on luck mm-hmm. and i'm i'm thankful i am thankful that i found a nice group of friends like you guys are all sick <laughs> you guys are all sick nasty i love you guys Appreciate and i'm happy it. that we're still in touch yeah i think that we're a real group, good group of kids that, even after like this, like Mackie's going away, we're oh, graduating. Michigan, 
time times are changing yeah and it's a weird time in our lives like at this point in our lives people are going all over yeah you know and it's it's going to be hard staying in touch and everything right but i believe like like mackie's been saying everyone's been saying we're all going to stay in touch i think we've been friends for as long as we have and crossing certain x amount of distance and time that we're still you know close Mm -hmm. and and friends that we'll still be comparing be, be lawns together one way when we're all dads. Yeah, you know? comparing lawns, bro. I'll have Max on for the next episode. We'll talk Got a little it. bit more about that, too. Gotta compare some lawns. <laughs> Mine will be the best. Okay. I will add all okay. of you on that. I'm timestamping this for later, for 10 years Do down ahead, the line, please. when it's not. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think I got lucky finding the group that I did in high school. Yeah. And... Keeping in that. touch with people. Keeping in touch with people always gets hard. Yeah. Like, there's people that I haven't gotten in contact with for, what, a year or two now. Yeah. That I wish I would. Maybe I will. So that's that's what kind of continues to worry me, I guess, is that I see a lot of adults of all ages and generations and times that their list of friends continues to shrink and shrink as they don't reach out to their friends anymore yeah um yeah just out of like forgetfulness or laziness sometimes it is um and i wonder if with our current social media era if it'll be easier to stay in contact with the people or if it's just up to the individual to make that effort to reach out i don't think i mean for sure it's gonna be easier yeah. But I think that it's, like, the same amount of difficulty. Like, it takes work to reaching out. It still falls on you to... It falls on you to make those... Take that first step. Take those actions. Yeah. And make that make that connection stay and stay strong. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to fly to Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Mackie. It's going to happen, though. We're going to have to fly to Michigan, I guess. Unfortunately. But, you know, we'll have... We'll have jobs, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. We'll, we'll, we'll afford it, hopefully. Yeah. You know... And uh, those certain people who you're close with, it's just worth it to do it. A hundred percent. I could I could never lose you guys. I don't think I could. You're gonna break my heart right now. I don't think I could, man. Like, like, up. As an adult, I hope that if I do have kids, that they would all have you guys as uncles, aunts. Aunts You know, uncles. Like, I I get it. It's maybe unrealistic as we're all moving away. Because you never know what might happen. You never know where we'll be. Yeah. You know, like, there's jobs out in Cali, out in Texas, Boston, which is more than three hours away. Yeah. And then Uncle John, Uncle Max, Uncle Mackie, (laughs) you know, maybe the kids won't be able to have that kind of connection. But I want them to know you guys. I want them to to be there. I get that. I'm right there with you. And uh, I think that that level of dedication that we both seem to have for wanting that to achieve that goal um i think that technology will hopefully make that easier too even if we can't fly out every couple weeks to california yeah you can't get a facetime or something like that with that iphone over there i knew that was going in that direction funny 
I didn't want to be the one to say it. It's okay. Um, it's all right. We still have technology. I'm timestamping this for five years down the line when I still don't have an iPhone. So we got a couple of timestamps. <laughs> yeah. We got we got to check them. Yeah. Um, but I, then, right, like, people argue that this technology is bad. Not bad, but detrimental. Some people do. Yeah, oh, yeah. detrimental, detrimental for sure. Detrimental for sure. And it's hard finding that balance. I think it's all in how you use it. All things in moderation. All things in moderation. Yeah. What a what a quote. <laughs> what a quote right there, man. But I'm not a rapper. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's it's something to keep in mind that like I I try not to use social media terribly often, mm. but I have a feeling that in the time to come in the in the times to come, I'll see somebody's post on Instagram or something and be like, oh yeah this person let me reach out to them and see how they're doing and just keep that network of friends mm -hmm. wide open um and it's a benefit that i think previous generations just didn't have at all yeah at all and it's it's tough but i think that right there is going to be interesting because we're a new generation coming up yeah we are a young generation coming up we are raising hell yeah. <laughs> coming up you could say that <laughs> and there's a lot of change coming right but i think that's one of the more <laughs> gentle sides of our generation yeah that you can look at and be like that's kind of cool about our generation yeah no i get that for sure um because like you like we were saying it's all in how you use it all right so now to hit you with this one last question before we we sort of wrap this podcast up mm. Um, this is a question that I like to ask a lot of people, typically when I first meet them and I want to get to know them. Um, and obviously we've known each other for a, a good bit. amount of time now. And I, I, I never thought to ask you this question before because I feel like I have known you well enough, didn't need the icebreaker. Um, but if you could point to one thing in your life, one idea or one goal what would you say motivates you to do what you do every day and uh you can take your time to sort of think about that um and formulate an answer because i know it's a difficult question um what motivates me to do what i do every day yeah like when you wake up in the morning maybe you don't like consciously think of it but what is that thing in the back of your mind that keeps you going I think um, and I can like cut any little bits of like <laughs> extended time if you need no I think um, I think for the longest time it was family family I think that me personally growing up if we're not grown already Right now, I get that. I would love to have a family. Okay. I want to support them. I want them to have everything. I want them not to struggle. Okay. I don't want there to be struggles within my family. I think I want to be able to, you know, support them and live happily with them. Right. And that would include, you know, extended friends, family. I want to be in a in a space where I'm content with what I'm doing. Yeah. I have my friends and family around me, and we're living life. Nice. I think 
that helping people along the way, like with a career, I want to help people. I want to be able to change people's lives for the better. Right. Um, whether that's through revolutionizing medicine and chemical engineering. Wow. Or um, retiring from that and becoming a high school orchestra teacher. I would, I want to help people, period. I want to give back. Yeah. I think that in our world, there is so much struggle. So much struggle all over. And where, where there are times where, you know, struggle is a little good, you know. A little yeah. struggle will help build people. When people are bombarded with struggle that is unreal and, you know, insurmountable, then it's it's adding up to be too much. And there are those in our world who have the power to help people, right? And there are those who need it. Yeah, I want to be one of those who is able to help. Wow. I you know, teachers. I love teachers. Yeah. They, they, you know, remembering some of their best teachers from school, they shaped me to who I am. They're the backbones of everything. The, the next of generation. Our society, of yeah. the kids, of them growing up. Having a good teacher can change so much for a kid. Yeah. I know kids that hate math because they had terrible teachers. Yeah. When you have the right teacher, maybe they not love it, but they won't hate it. Yeah. And they'll have a better experience growing up with it. Right. You know, like teachers can do so much for kids. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, as you were saying that answer, I was going to ask um, when you when you had said family, if you had meant um, starting a family or like your current family. But I guess you mean just helping anybody that you can that- possibly. Yeah, both, all. Right, yeah. And, uh, um, and I so support my family. That desire to help others has pushed you to succeed in, like, a traditional sort of sense, I guess, monetarily. Like, you want to have a good enough job to be able to afford to help others. In addition to the job that you do has to be something that directly helps others as well i think it definitely helped me choose my like major in chemical engineering i think it's a broad field where it offers that kind of possibility where you can help people every day going to work yeah because i feel like i had never really thought to ask you why chemical engineering in particular Mm -hmm. I, i think maybe i i had asked you but in a sort of sense of like that you were good at chemical engineering i didn't even realize that you were can't say that i'm good at chemical engineering just yet <laughs> but we'll, uh, see. we'll see what comes in the next years but the the motivation behind it is obviously very noble in a way that i didn't even know before and the conversation has kind of come full circle back to the beginning that that is <laughs> in a lot of ways the most respectable thing that a person can do i think i think it's one thing that we should all do you know? yeah if everyone helps out a little bit 
what does our what 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 happens in our world yeah people are a little less fortunate than others oh yeah a little less mean and what happens showing love to one another in everything that we do love it's all about love. love and if there's ever been anything that was more handshake worthy i don't think i know what it is the 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 strongest drug of them all love love Ending us off with a J. Cole quote. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. I think it was necessary. Yeah. Um, but, so I appreciate you uh, coming on to the show today, no, Salvi. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's been a blast. You have a dope-ass room. <laughs> Sick room. I appreciate it. Sick. appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I learned quite a bit about not just your perspective on life but even just you as a person in a way that i hadn't even thought to explore before so i appreciate you coming on and vice versa telling me a little bit about yourself thank you for having me john you got the job <laughs> sick sick maybe i'll support my family now <laughs> you pay you pay good right uh something like that yeah um but as as is typical for grilling and chilling fashion do you have any social media or links or anything that you might want to shout out to the, to the crew? Yeah, if you want some respectful posts on Instagram, <laughs> uh, it's xs059 respect only. <laughs> um, I don't have Twitter. I have Twitter, but I don't use it. Yeah, um, me too. Snapchat is Snapchat. Yeah. Instagram is Instagram. I don't have like a image or something like a, a following i'm just okay. me no yeah i respect that i'm so just me just just the instagram uh you can hit him up and then when his viola introduction for this episode pops off and he grows his music career i'm sure we'll have more links to drop in the future oh some musical links. <laughs> I, could, I could build something up we could drop something uh, i'll drop the spotify there we you. go <laughs> um all right we'll uh we'll call it for today's episode of grilling and chilling uh thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next time